Hello, friends. Welcome to World Build With Us, the podcast where we create fantastical worlds with help from you, our listeners. My name is Rob Hilferty, and I'm here with verified voluptuous Chris Prunty. And as always, our special guest here with us as well is Daniel Quinn. Daniel, good to see you again. How's the Star Wars hate going? It's still strong with me. <laughs> as it should be. On today's episode, we are talking about the Empire of Embers. We're doing a deep dive in the Shield of the North and figuring out everything about their government, their power, culture, economy, and resources. We're going to start off with a quick recap for those of you who might not remember the Empire of Embers. It is originally a, a nation state that worshipped the god of the forge and had their god pacted have the ability to resurrect people with a fairly strict limitation where you can only resurrect one person one additional time. So you basically have two lives to live as opposed to one. This empire uh, had a fairly brutal start and a fairly savage start, uh, essentially swathing and, and cutting through all sorts of people because, I mean, what's what better way to bring back your soldiers than have someone there to resurrect them? You're essentially, in, in some cases, nearly doubling your forces. And it, when you're early history that can be a really huge deal, especially when you have the military focus like the Empire of Embers does. And in a more recent turn of events, what's happened is they've gone from a very warlike nation to one that was perhaps a little bit more pacified, you know, still had a military focus. But what ended up happening is there were a group of usurpers who managed to overthrow the crown, overthrow the emperor and exile them from the nation. The emperor, for the first time, had to play nice, learn politics, learn diplomacy, and then with a renewed sense of vigor and focus, came back and retook their capital. And what most people don't know is that this forced a divine coalescence between the usurper's god and the god of the forge, where now when people are resurrected, it's not just that you're resurrected, you also are essentially a spy for those who resurrected you. Because you can, whatever you see, the people who resurrected you can see as well. I feel like that's a pretty good summation of what yeah, we got going yeah. on. So, gentlemen, who wants to start off with some kind of government or power? Uh, get us going. So, uh, as far as the government and everything, something had to have changed after the emperor took uh, took back power. Like That's correct. Something about him being more of a figurehead, or does he still 100% call the shots. So that actually will transition to my idea pretty well. Yeah. But in my mind, I wanted it to be the emperor was supposed to be a figurehead in this new government that was going to be run by a shadow council. However, uh, in a recent development of my own kind of thinking on the idea, I want him to be a little bit more authoritarian and I wanted it to be Actually, now I'm just going to transition into mine, so sorry. Yeah, no, that's fine. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Didn't even but, want it. But my idea was the the emperor was supposed to abdicate power and was supposed to, in a display of... He was supposed to, you know, show a, a united front. I mean, hell, he already offered his god as, you, as, a, as a divine coalescence. But realistically, that was just to gain the trust of the usurpers. So what ended up happening is in this public display where they were going to join forces and show that they were in an alliance, he has the entire council of usurpers executed publicly. I just, I love that. It's such a Palpatine move. It, it's so good. It, it, it kind of is. Uh, but 
that's that's the whole idea is that yeah you had a like we've come to terms and then the emperor kind of stands there and says yes we have and then that's the signal where like they're I just, am the senate the, yeah. kind of yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. stop c- stop comparing him to Palpatine <laughs> he's a more interesting he's character my than Palpatine character. Damn it. And is he, he really he becomes the senate what then he becomes senate well, he was already the Senate. That's the thing. <laughs> it's not like he was never not the Senate. He was oh, wait, like, you mean the em- your emperor? Yeah yeah. 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 Oh, I'm seeing this now. You <laughs> said I'm just... Oh, uh, all right. Okay, podcast canceled. <laughs> no! <laughs> but anyway, so, so my idea is it was a double cross. He was supposed to abdicate, but, you know, he, what he learned in, in diplomacy, he also learned, hey, you know what? You don't have to do that. And that's that's my contribution is that now there's a more authoritarian power in in place where once they were kind of losing their edge a little bit. Mm-hmm. That's a true empire. <laughs> I mean, if anything, the like the attempted you know uh, overthrow galvanized his intent to mm-hmm. just be like a hardcore bastard. Well, and his supporters would view that as like a really courageous move on his part. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. we have a returned king, mm-hmm. like, you know, we're reforging the empire, you yeah. know, like, oh yeah, but now it's a little different. And the coalescence is secret, correct? Correct. Okay. That was never uh, So it doesn't even look plan. like he's given up any power right. or showed weakness. It was just like, yeah, we all came together. And fuck you guys. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yes. All right, Chris, that, that was kind yeah. of my contribution to it. So what did you have gotcha. in mind? Sorry. So uh, moving on from there, uh, after Order 66, yes. uh, <laughs> uh-huh. I, I wanted it to be kind of like the Forbidden City kind of thing, only uh, going on to the paranoia of what certain uh, people who have dictatorships or take control, they're always constantly afraid that the next person to try and replace them is there. So I wanted it to build... It, this most likely would be in the capital kind of thing where it would be literally kind of like a forbidden section of the city where only his most loyal can live and where he lives. So it's a little bit of a point of interest and everything, but it, it shows kind of the separation of the emperor to everyone else. No one gets to get close to him. He works through mainly through a series of... Uh, Mediaries. Yeah. If anything, maybe a public display that is kind of like giving a speech or anything, but even then he's kind of probably high up on something and there are more guards there than when he invades places. That's actually really interesting because then it also feeds into the theme of like the divine coalescence. It ch- it's supposed to just change the God, but because you now have this built in spy network of everyone that you've resurrected, it also builds upon the theme of paranoia that mm-hmm. you might gain as well. So that's actually a really fun way to kind of build upon everything that we're already creating here. Yeah, if he was communing with his God and his God was just like, they all hate you. Right. I'm still not convinced that gods have a voice that they speak to people with. It's more of interpretation. It could still just be a feeling. If that mm. feeling gets em- cool. yeah. empathically passed on to him. Like, I'm you know, fine with that. Yeah, it's kind of like how people say, "Just my God spoke to me and I feel this. Mm. Where you're all traitors. Mm. It's inevitable someone's going to say that, you know? <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. All right, Daniel, what was your contribution to government and power? So before I explain it, I think it'd be helpful to remind people of how relics work. Oh, that's important. Yeah. yeah. To um, this particular. Yeah. So so relics are magical items that are essentially conquered gods that have been reforged into a magic item. And the Empire of Embers is the only place that can do this and can actually create magical items. 
And previously, when they were a little bit younger and a little bit more savage, they would just conquer gods and then make items of the broken god hearts. But now in a more sophisticated era, it's uh, it works a little bit differently. You know, it's people frown on that a little bit more. And so there's been kind of a culture shift away from that. But what is your go ahead? Keep on. Yeah. So I I was really drawn to the rule of you can only be resurrected the one time. Um, so I, I, what I love to do is introduce rule breaking situations. <laughs> of course, at most the rule <laughs> of, of two. Yeah, yeah, exactly. At least the rule of two, right? So, but so what I'm thinking in this case is the emperor and his paranoia, you know, blending to what both of you guys are working on, and maybe in, in that special space, he has a special elite guard, um, and the way that he's created this elite guard is these are people who have died multiple times, and he's brought them back multiple times. But the way that he does it is that when these people are returned to him their bodies are not fully complete or maybe their souls are in some way damaged. And so the only way to keep them intact is by Im infusing them with pieces of relics that have essentially fragments of other gods. So the special uh, elite force, like not only can he see through them, but they serve him completely because they owe their continued existence to his forging of their bodies, reforging of their bodies. That is horrifying and amazing. Also, name suggestion, The Returned. Oh, I like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. And, I mean, obviously, they're the king's elite, the king's guard mm -hmm. or whatever, but are also The Returned yeah. are kind of an interesting. Or, alternatively, The Reforged. Yeah, it's even better. Yeah, yeah. I like mm. that. Yeah. I was going to go with The Immortal, even yeah, though they're not. That too, yeah. That's Maybe already there's... a thing in Persia. So. Yeah, and I wanted it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> all right, great. I like all three of those, though, honestly. Uh, well, I, I prefer either The Return or The Reforged, because yeah. I do want to try and stay away from direct cultural comparisons if I can help it. But it's so cool. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Of course it's cool. I, I mean, I would imagine that we would call the emperor immortal even though he's clearly not. I think it's more fun to do it that way as well. Oh, even if it's just been a different emperor every time yeah. since no one sees him, it's just like, no, it's the same emperor. The way I imagine well, it. Well, now that we can do that, yeah. I, but I think that's more of a, maybe that's the new title that he's kind of given himself. Mm. And, and it, again, it shows his growing paranoia as well. Mm -hmm. the, the way I imagine it working, too, is that they have to actually use the mechanisms of their forge to remake these people, too. Yeah, I, I, I was thinking that as well. Like, normally God Pacted resurrect people, but this is like some kind of ritual where it's not just... So maybe you're combining a ritual with yeah. a God Pacted ability so it's even more specific. Exactly, yeah. That's that's actually really... I think that's something that we've never done before, which I, I like even more now that I think about it. You know, where you can have rituals, but sometimes the rituals require a specific God-pacted ability or God-pacted person. And that actually, oh man, now we're getting into fusions and it's stuff. Like what happens technology. if you have different types yeah. of God-pacted together? Mm -hmm. Oh man, that's that's super fun. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, so as a quick little recap here, where we could have gone with like, hey, there's actually a shadow council. Hey, there's kind of a democracy. No, this emperor <laughs> has now become twisted and paranoid and has a shadow uh, force of like basically puppets that he's commanding. Also, that's that's pretty cool now that I think about it. You know, like imagine having a body cam, you know, back <laughs> in like the 1500s, how much more like And they're totally loyal to you because they actually believe in your power. They believe in <laughs> your power. And, oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. The, the reforged 
are actually the usurpers that he publicly executed. Yes, the revolutionaries Abs- that he spared. Yeah, yeah. yeah oh. I like that. Because that's yeah. the part of their personality uh-huh. that went away when he reforged them. Yep. Oh, ma- or, or maybe he brought Maybe they them remember back. that because they can use that against the actual remaining revolutionaries. And that's why, and that's mm. why he did it. That's why he reforged them. Yep. So, so maybe he resurrected them once to be like, okay, mm-hmm. you're back on my team now. And then they completely flipped their shit. Yeah. And then he's like, oh, well, fuck it. I'm just going to kill and torture you again. And like broke them. Broke them into Before it, yeah. killing mm-hmm. them and then brought them back again. Yeah. We've just created a super villain yeah. here. Yeah. Oh, man. And I imagine. This was supposed to be a pretty kind of good empire. And whoa, now whoa, whoa. it just went <laughs> way off. justify the means. <laughs> I know. Palpatine would have said it. Yeah. Okay. That, yeah. Yeah. Just do what Palpatine this, would say. These are what has what to be done Palpatine to do? stop the caliphate. Yeah. What would Palpatine do? Papa Palpatine. Yeah. Making all the rules happen. All right, let's let's move on before I lose my shit over this Palpatine <laughs> stuff. Do it. Uh, Do it. So next we have culture. I wanted to kind of set the stage for what I thought would be a good idea for culture because I know that I always say like, hey, we have a cultural touchstone for this. And in, originally it was kind of like an ancient Persia type thing, which is why oh, Immortal oh, makes okay, sense. No. But at the same time, I'm kind of focused on the idea that it might be a more Roman style empire at least in a cultural sense because the romans had such a deep respect for military and military power i mean in order for you to gain any kind of power in the system you had to serve as a general first like that's basically how you got to be on the senate it's not like you could skip over that it's just how it was so in my mind i want them to have everyone every citizen has a deep respect for military service and the military in general while also at the same time, having um, this idea that, the, or, or this new idea that rather than focusing on the forge, on the actual creation of items and things and everything like that, there's a growing population of people, and this is like the, the other half of the culture that kind of supported the usurpers, which was, hey, we believe in reforging. So, you know, we're, we're, it's not just about creating an ironclad sword or, or, or gun or something like that. It's about recreating yourself and your culture and your country. So that's like the more progressive wing that is essentially being stamped out by this new paranoid dictator of an empire. So swords to plowshares? More or less, yeah. But I, but I also think that what they have on their side is technology. Because the one thing that I wanted to focus on with the military is what are the military people known for? And then Chris said when we were talking about this a while ago, give them guns. guns. Because, you know, Forge and they're all about the military. Why wouldn't they focus on weapons? Why wouldn't they they be the first people to use guns? And I'm like, oh, that's perfect. Because, you know, like now you have a dichotomy between the military and the science people who are basically focused on you know, like progress and it's a cultural and a technological schism as well. And it also shows, again, we're building on the themes that we were creating before with the usurpers versus the authoritarian, now authoritarian emperor. What I like about that is typically when you think of a big imperial, like a big military driven empire, you think they're destructive and they're conquerors and they're all about, you know, weaponizing. But this is suggesting that they're interested in, in progressing through technology which is really what military progress achieves. You end up having a rapid set of inventions and discoveries because you're trying to achieve, you know, the militaristic goal. You research things and go, just like, we don't have a practical 
application for it now, but maybe... No, All right, yeah, I guess you guys can use it. We didn't find a way to make it blow up something or yeah, and heal right. someone. Crisis is the mother of all invention. Exactly. And more than that, you're making me think of the Mandalorian. You're making me think of the Werner Herzog guy who's yes. like, every yes. part of the galaxy that we touched got yeah. better. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh... That's that's perfect. And that's that's, that's the ultimate sell so for the Empire. Exactly. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So so now we can kind of push that mm. as well, where it's a military force, but it's also a force for science and mm. progress. And maybe Hondasa is kind of like, oh, you know, you know, like I imagine that like the Empire of Embers is kind of making kissy faces at <laughs> Hondasa, and Hondasa is like sweating, like. Oh, but I got this caliphate. They've We're making been... guns. This could be you, but you're playing. Well, it sets up a good dichotomy. <laughs> like it's a good dichotomy between um, their enemies and themselves, because their enemies are interested in keeping the state of the world as it is, so that they can continue their ruling, and then to imposing their philosophy or their state of being on other parts of the world. Whereas this empire, they, while they want to impose their will on others, they're interested in pushing things into the future. That's a really great way of putting it. Yeah, that's really awesome. All right. Yeah. Um, oh. Uh, one other thing I wanted to add to the culture is because it's so military focused, I was thinking about like, well, well, why would they have the best military? It's not just because they've been training and their whole culture is focused around that. It's also because you get to learn from your mistakes when you die. Mm -hmm. Like you get one shot to come back and guess what? You're like, Oh, I figured it out. And sometimes that's all you need. Like when you have that much time and effort, it's like, okay, I know I died the first time and I'm sure it's broken people to come back and be like, I can't serve in the military anymore. I already know what it's like to die from an a entire and military force that doesn't truly fear death. That's, that's actually what I was afraid of because I don't want them to be reckless because it's the one shot that they have. Mm-hmm. But it's also like, cause I don't want berserkers. Right? No, no, but you do have the hail Mary of it. Just like, all right, things look bad now, but if we win, everyone gets to come home. Yeah. Oh, kind of like yeah. this is a literal suicide squad <laughs> where it's like, all right, you're just going to rampart. You're, like, you're just going to like get torn to shreds over in that direction. But don't worry. We'll make sure that you, excuse me, sir. I've already died once. <laughs> we, we, are, we thank you for your service. <laughs> That's uh, make sure he gets That's put in the, the back. That's the emperor's like, don't yeah. be a coward, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Shot right. for cowardice. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I just wanted to go over that because I was thinking, like, how cool would it be to have, yeah. like, a military veteran mm-hmm. who's died and he's like, I know what it's like. And Literally. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's like you get two shots at it. Like, mm-hmm. that's so rare. And, it meant, like, people were already good, mm-hmm. like, with one life. Now they get two? Like, come on. Of course it's going to be great. they return, I'm assuming they return to the second life with all of their previous knowledge, too. Of, oh, yeah. it's, it's, a con- it's a direct it's a continuation. continuation. Okay. It's a direct yeah, continuation. Yeah. Also, I should mention that this resurrection is not like, oh, you can resurrect people from 500 years ago if they didn't exceed their limit. It's like, I want to say within a day or two of the of the body dying, that's how long it takes for the soul to leave and then yeah. transition over the next plane of existence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, just to go over, we've mentioned that it's resurrection, but I think it's an important thing to note. What about bringing back body parts? If you lose a hand, if you're decapitated, are there rules? Like... Because I could see the army like being steamrolled at some point, and people are just like, "All right, well, we gotta chop up these bodies because we don't want them to like retake their position." And I think that is a valid tactic on the enemy's end mm-hmm. 
to prevent resurrection from happening. Oh, I bet that's what they do. They dismember their the, they their have empire. to, and that yeah. makes right. their enemy look so much more barbaric. It makes barbaric. The, actually that would probably help with the PR department. <laughs> yep. It's like, oh, they're barbarians. They have to hack up the corpses of a you know yeah. like. And meanwhile, the emperor the emperor is just like. <laughs> well, it fits with the emperor's. If the propaganda of the emperor is that, like. He he wants to say that because he wants to cast the em- the enemy as barbaric and backwards primarily. Oh wow, you know? that totally yeah, that totally backwards fits. primarily yeah, totally fits mm-hmm. absolutely. Um, yeah, that's that's my little aside for the culture, mm-hmm. but because I think it's important to go over not just the cultural aspect, but the what the impact of that ability would have as well on the mm-hmm. culture itself. So sorry, uh, you were saying about the culture. About the culture. About the culture. So what I had for the culture was that I wanted it them to be big on uh, fighting pits, arenas, that kind of thing. Going back to, to uh, the martial prowess of people and also the fact that, well, not saying reckless, but it's kind of like having a really good medic on hand for something that should not be happening in the 15th century. And with reliquaries and other things that we've discussed earlier, like I think we we mentioned about how sometimes the gods who are kind of trapped in this way don't totally want to serve, but, you know, it, there's still tools out there that can help people. Uh, but not just uh, fighting pits or anything. One of the other things that I wanted to do is monster hunters. Go on. Uh <laughs> Since they're warriors and everything, and I feel like, how can we make these people appear good? Guns and other things, I'm picturing uh, them being able to use these weapons, this science, these reliquaries, uh, to go out and slay monsters or bring peace to the lands that they're taking over. Like, we mentioned that outside of the cities, it can get pretty wild, but who's out there to patrol? Who's out there to protect? Not necessarily the God Pacted, because... Age of the Gun kind of levels the playing field for mm-hmm. a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So absolutely, yeah. And I, like I hadn't the, come up with a name or anything, but like a guild of monster hunters, legally distinct from Witcher, the Pinkertons. Oh my god! <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> I mean, I mean, I like that because it it lends to the whole civilizing quote unquote effect of the emperor's like empire. You know, like that's the, the goal is to change the world for the better in his eyes. Yeah. And say that they are people that he brought back. Even a better way to have agents that can go from town to town, roam around, all that. Because I'm assuming people who hunt monsters might die at some point. I can see that also working like... It used to be like just a generally seen as good force that would be like reaching out to the empire... Reaching the edges of the empire. That's because that's where you're going to see monster hunters, right? Because... Of course, when you're in the cities, you don't have to worry about frontier. stuff like that. Yeah. Of, of course. Frontier then, town and stuff, yeah. though. Right. And so now what I'm thinking is that originally this is how it was, where everyone was like, oh, monster hunters are good guys. But be- ever since the the attempted usurpation, it's more like, oh, well, we've na- now there's been like a, a resurrected, you know, like kings or, or empires guard that's kind of been sent out among the monster hunters. So it's like, hey, I know... Uh, everything's fine now, right guys? And then they're all like really nervous to be around that person. So it's like, oh, these are just the, now where they were. Monster just, inspector. Yeah. They, oh my God. That's actually not that we bad. Are, yeah. We're checking if you're hiding any monsters. <laughs> well, I mean, that that's a, that's always been a deficiency of any empire is that it's reach is becomes problematic. So if there are guilds of these monster hunters and they're on the frontier, they end up serving as their own kind of like fiefdoms and kingdoms. And they end up being unable to be patrolled or policed by the emperor because they're so far away. 
And that's actually a really interesting idea because now I'm thinking of maybe the monster hunter guilds were the ones who mostly supported the usurpers. Mm -hmm. Maybe they were the ones who were like, Hey, they the least support from the emperor. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And mm -hmm. so they were like, we've been on our own. Like, yeah, we'll throw in with these guys because I feel yeah. like they have a better shot of understanding mm -hmm. our needs. And so of course, when everything goes, you know, like backwards for them, what happens is, Oh, the emperor sends out their his own spies in each individual, you know, guild. Oh, you'll have plenty of support. Don't worry. From now on, plenty of support. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Don't worry. The emperor supports you. We under we heard your we heard your pleas, and we now will help. Yeah. Don't worry. You know, like that that kind of thing. I think mm -hmm. that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I, I, and then again, it shows like the the tightening grip of paranoia on the empire. That's really cool. Well, and the complexity of just the concept of. The monster hunter, like they are now, like people, revolutionaries can turn to them, and they're also a thorn in the emperor's side. But the emperor needs them because they're pushing the empire forward, and they're protecting the emperor. Mm -hmm. I mean, or the empire exactly. in general. Yeah. So he can't retaliate against them directly. He's got to keep them in check without overcoming them. You know? Yeah, and and I can see them being like, um, like here people, people's heroes essentially, mm -hmm. like the people's champ, like you know Dwayne Johnson. You know, who are basically there to protect the normal people because mm -hmm. the emperor, you know, he has reach, but can't can't get every nook and cranny, right. you know, like you were saying, like the reach can only go so far. Mm -hmm. That is such a fun bastardization mm -hmm. of like what should be like the good guys. Right. That's that's mm -hmm. really awesome. OK, uh, Daniel, I believe that you have one for oh. culture left, right? Yes. Um, so I was thinking of a moment in history that had a cultural significance because I don't totally understand what happened to the relics that were like prevalent in the empire. So I'm thinking like when we mentioned there were being reliquaries. So I'm wondering if perhaps when the when this this revolution happened, the emperor came back. Um, part of his quote unquote terms were to collect all the relics that were like you know promulgating throughout the empire and hand them over to a third party. And this third party, which I just gave the name the Retainers because they're retaining these relics, um, they originally um, were supposed to be totally under the in the service of the Empire Emperor because of his negotiations secretly with them. But now, because they do have this really valuable resource of reliquaries, they're kind of a fence and also like sort of on the side of the revolutionaries. It's sort of with the Empire. They don't. They don't. They're kind of this own third party within the Emperor Empire that um, can negotiate more strongly against the emperor than others could. All right. I love that idea. Mm -hmm. And you also just sparked this idea that there, because obviously we're going to have lost relics, right? Mm -hmm. Where, you know, there, maybe they lost a battle or maybe it just got stolen or what have you. So now in addition to monster hunters, we're going to be able to have treasure hunters or relic, <laughs> like people who are mm -hmm. searching for these lost relics as well. Yep. And you have, and of course you can have the two, flavors of it where it's like guy in a wide brimmed hat yeah. with like circle glasses black leather and it's like we are going to find the relic <laughs> yes. you know, like like uh what's his name from um from indiana, indiana jones, jones. Uh -huh. yeah that's that is the brain that is where my brain jumps to yeah. and then of course you have on the opposite end you got indiana jones himself mm -hmm. looking for the relics except yeah. you know now I'm just thinking, you know, like the Ark of the Covenant is essentially just a relic. It's yeah. like, I don't know what it's kind god of god. Her. Yeah, it's yeah, it's a literal <laughs> yeah. god her, right? Uh -huh. Like, I don't know what kind of god that was. Yahweh. But, you know, yeah, I know what I know who it was. <laughs> I know who it was. I don't know what it was. But I, I like that. I think, Chris, didn't you have an organization way back that kind of did something similar? Why don't you go over that for a bit? Oh, yeah. I had an organization in one of my games that was kind of just going around capturing gods and capturing uh, 
kind of items that would not be good for mankind. Uh, I was talking specifically, we created an organization oh. in one of, yeah. Oh. I was talking specifically about, oh, you made one that was basically, uh, like, a, I, th- I think it was like Warehouse 13 or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I think in in it's it's embarrassing that you don't remember your own content, but luckily I'm here for the you. The content in this? We literally made a podcast about it, yes. Was it today? It was a while ago. Oh my god. Yeah, it was in the same episode where we did the Cythrus, and I, and I don't I know why. did the Sierrani Consortium. I remember this. Yes, yeah. yes, I remember some of this. Okay. Man, I need to re-listen to that, our own episode. You should just... Not like let don't tilt your head too much because apparently your fucking brain just leaks out of it. We need hey. to make a wiki. That's the problem. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we're a word so much work. We're twenty five episodes in, guys. Twenty four. Yeah, I'll, I'll yeah, just write up a word. Yeah, technically twenty five if you count the recap episode. We're running out of time. Still, yeah. It's gonna be more painful the longer we wait. You're not even wrong. I hate <laughs> it. If anyone listening wants to help us create yeah. a wiki, that would be great. Mm-hmm. You don't have to, but That'd be nice. it would mostly be for Chris's benefit, is hey, what I'm guessing. Hey. You literally created one that, ju- that was just hey. like this. Yeah. Anyway. That sounds like a great idea. <laughs> no, Daniel, I actually really like that idea. I think that's a really fun way to do it. I mostly it. don't know what's going on, so that would actually help Right, me. no, this is this is like early, early. I think yeah. this is like episode eight Through. of the podcast. Uh-huh. It was an early time. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, let's let's Long move ago. On. Yeah, uh, I think that kind of solidifies the culture a little bit, right? Like, yeah, it's where and and I think what we're getting from from just kind of like we're talking about the specific points, but we're also creating, but why we're not, but what we're also creating by what we're not talking about is the sense that the people in the empire's day to day lives is often full of fear, not just of you know the emperor's paranoia, but also of you know, is your, you're kind of creating a, a really paranoid sense within the population as well. Is that person who's been resurrected? Well, actually, I don't think we've actually talked about the fact that they know about the divine coalescence and they know about the spies, but maybe there's a rumor about how the, the emperor has spies everywhere and they, and they don't necessarily know how that works yet, mm-hmm. but there is a sense of paranoia where it's like, how does he know so much? You know, because it's an unwitting kind of power that it that it works over, they don't know that they're part of this. So it's like, oh, I, I don't know that I'm a spy, but I've been resurrected. And so, I mean, know. it speaks to reach, right? Like the emperor is so large that you might even have towns where they're completely untouched by its direct like military influence or its influence of spies. But they've heard these rumors because they're so right. removed. And at the same time, like we know that there's a certain focus on kind of education and intelligence, like the development of their ideas, because they're 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 learning new technologies that develop this like military engine, you know. Yeah. And and I and and again going back to like a dichotomous relationship, you can kind of see how the nor the regular people would be like, okay, yes, okay, yes, we we are intelligent and we are, you know, militaristic in which would essentially create a sense of community and togetherness. But the paranoia that all of this has kind of inspired has started to make people uh solitary and untrusting and so that community that sense of community is starting to break apart as well so i think it's kind of important to also think about like so obviously we're talking about the paranoia with these people like what is the and it's a large empire right like what does the landscape look like 
So I was picturing big, beautiful white pines. Just, just, just like dark forest kind of style thing of where like Germany. Yeah. Okay. What were you picturing? I have a very different picture of because I mean it's a big empire. I suppose so. Yeah, Yeah. but uh, in my mind, like again, we're thinking like Persia. We're thinking a lot more arid. Like part of it is going to be desert, and and in my mind, I'm thinking like giant mountain fortresses. Like maybe, that's what yeah, I want. You can have mountains. Yeah. Maybe Would there's a reason why there's such okay. a disparate disparate separation in environments. Oh, that's yeah. actually really okay. Oh, no, you I mean like Russia sized landmass of where like you got right like these yeah. tall trees, but then the other portions for some other reason are totally different and arid. That's actually a really great idea. Technology I, related. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I can't, and, and not only that, but you're also adding to the resources yeah. of the empire. I'll have an empire. explanation for that after. Oh, yeah, oh, he must be from the eastern part. Yeah, 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 well, no, I, I was thinking like because I can't remember who said it, but or, or where I read it, but it's essentially the idea that empire building is easy when you go east and west. But way more difficult once you go north and south mm. because of the climate change. So mm. Oh, I got, I got you covered. I got you covered. All right. Well, why don't you covered, step yeah. in? So go ahead. Go, we'll, go, ahead. We'll go ahead with the with the trees first, though, because I want to hear that you landscape. Wanna, yeah. You want to hear trees? Okay. Go ahead. Mm. Yeah. Hit us, <laughs> hit us, Bob Ross. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is a happy little tree, but I was picturing uh, snow-covered forest, thick, dense trees, uh, mountainous areas, kind of more like Switzerland, which you know get that uh but also i wanted uh one large river like a river like that... the yangtze or something like that i was uh, the rhine okay yeah yeah, yeah the rhine Tiber. is the rhine's not as big as you think it is as big as it is in my heart okay <laughs> well when you say big do you mean wide or long because that's wide. important okay yeah okay all right all right or the all right let, let's let's split the difference let's say the mississippi how about mississippi. that yeah, we can do that. Okay, cool. So we want a river with all sorts of so so if because now we're kind of transitioning into the economy and resources, what kind of what kind of economic or resourceful value would a river like that, like a giant river, have? Well, one, it would once again going back to the other places that we've had big rivers, uh, it brings an easier means of transporting thing. You can have uh, finished goods go downriver. Uh, if you have any sort of means of, uh, like, I, I don't know, we're not at steamboat age. We're only at the age of sail. Not, yeah, we're not, yeah, I don't think. But it's the fact that you can transport up, say, like, uh, finished goods, which would be lighter, and transport down heavy raw materials. Oh, that's, that works perfectly. Yeah, that's a, that works really well, actually, because now we're, we're combating that idea that you can't build north-south, and it also, uh, you know, contribute to the idea that you have a whole variance of resources as well. That's, that's, a, that's a really fun idea. But now we have, of course, we have to think about how do they get it back up? Like, how do they get, be, because is it north to south and all of the resources come from the north and go down to the south to be produced? Or is it the opposite? And which way does the river flow? And, you know, like, because in the, in the United States, right, Civil War, it was the north, won the civil war because that's where all of the production, all of the technology, mm-hmm. that's where finished goods came from. Whereas the South was all agrarian and had a bunch of abundant resources. Well, I'm picturing the area that is snow capped mountains and dense forest as being where you mine the resources. Okay. And maybe where they're produced is downstream. Okay. 
Yeah, I, I, I kind of had the idea in my mind that this was more of a Persian, you know, so closer to the equator or fantasy equator in this case makes a lot more sense. So that's a lot more fun. So it's, oh man, and you're, and you're literally like sending logs down the river to like a lumber mill or something yeah. like that. Yeah, that works really well. Okay, now we got lumber mills. Now we got lumberjacks. Yes, okay, I'm totally down with that. All right, Daniel, you said you had, now that the pines are out of the way, go ahead, hit so, us. So you established that um, the this is kind of wintry area that's piney. It's also where the raw materials are and the, the the resources are going down to where they're being manufactured elsewhere. But that place that they're being manufactured in is geographically different um, than the wintry area. I wouldn't even necessarily call it wintry. I would mm-hmm. even go so far as to call it like or temperate. Right. Tem- yeah. So yeah. they're different different geographies. Yes. So I was thinking the elevation helps with the snow. Yeah, 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 okay. It's like, like California dis- in that way. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking, what if the distinction between those two areas is is like you can literally pass through a certain area and it's you can stand on one side and stand on the other and it looked fundamentally different? And the reason would be that perhaps in the area where the resources are, there's this ore that's kind of throughout the throughout that area um, that in it that is itself a god heart. Like it's a giant, it's a, it's basically a giant divine piece of It's the of god of the earth. Daniel, that, you love breaking rules. <laughs> that. But okay, I'm, I'm, I'm yeah, kind of go, into go it. Go with me here, go with me here. So it's, it's a god heart that's, that's passive and that there's not, what they do, what the empire does, they couldn't really um, build, destroy it. destroy it or build their civilization on it, but they mine it. And, the, and by mining materials from it, they have these extremely strong forging tools. So their forges are built out of this 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 metal that they can basically use to break and forge other things like Jesus. the other god hearts and relics that they broke in the past wow okay yeah that's insane um do they it, know that it's a god i think it would be a secret oh. held by the emperor you know oh yeah yeah and not only that but this is probably the reason that they have this forged and the ability to create relics in general mm-hmm. because what else can mold and shape god another stuff god but another god right. exactly yeah Oh, and so man. this god is there. It's just that they can't really destroy it, but they've been mining it over the centuries, you know. It, or is it like, is it replicating, or is it just a matter of I like? Because I think what Chris said before, it's like it's literally of the, it's like a yeah, god of earth, right, or god of stone, or yeah. that type. And of And they thing. can't like colonize this area in the way they've done other areas because, for whatever reason, like this, the very earth itself is this god. Is well, it? I, one of the things that I really like, I forget the name of the setting or anything, but it was the setting that takes place in the city that is like all about a Tarrasque that they've hammered oh, down man. and they like, oh, yeah. they yeah, yeah, mine yeah. flesh That's out of, crazy. they mine bone out oh, sorry. of it. I've never heard of that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's great. It's a really cool I'm, idea. I'm picturing like every now and then maybe uh, there is like a tremor in the earth and yeah. everything. And it was just like, oh, it's weird. I like that. Okay, so so are we? Oh man! So uh, it's a question of whether it's alive or not. They don't know. Let's let's. Keep oh, it we a hit a nerve. Yeah, yeah let, let's keep it a mystery. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's maybe it is a god heart. Maybe yeah. that's just what they think it is, and maybe it's something else entirely that we don't have an answer. Maybe for. the What's caves the best inside yeah. have strange runes that remind you of the forgotten. I was like, gonna say maybe the forgotten are involved. Uh-huh. Maybe it's a weird pseudo forgotten yeah. that's like a giant, and it was a war machine. No one really knows. We we're, we're gonna keep it a mystery. Yeah, we're gonna keep I like it that. a big old question mark because I think it's more fun to keep yeah. it that way. But for whatever reason, this thing allows them to mold and create relics. Yes. Okay, yeah, I like that. Woo! Oh man. Do we do we have anything else with the economy and the resources? Because I feel like, I mean, I feel like that does it just about well. I, my idea was 
kind of like, obviously they're going to have good metals and obviously they're going to have good woods, but you guys totally like snuck that out. So that's the, I mean, you, you just made my ideas better. So, mm. or, or you, you had better ideas than me, I guess is what I'm trying to say, but I would never say that. <laughs> yeah, so. Never openly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Never, Wouldn't openly never. admit to that. I'll cut it all out. Don't worry. <laughs> Uh, I will somehow rearrange this to make it sound like I am the smart one. I'm glad that we all went with my idea. Yeah. <laughs> Getting cut. <laughs> and, yeah. All right. So uh, I think I think that's a good stopping point because we've touched on government and power. We've touched on culture. We've touched on the economy and resources of the Empire of Embers. And next episode is where we're going to go more into geography more into points of interest, and we're going to talk about the capital a little bit more. Although I think this episode did such a great job of setting a really great base for the rest of it. Mm. Uh, great job, gentlemen. I'm, I'm excited to kind of explore this all next week. And uh, if you have any suggestions for us in the meantime, questions, suggestions, comments, go ahead and send us an email at worldbuildwithus at gmail.com. We'll be happy to send back and, and listen, and that's what we're all here for. And uh, until next time, we love you very much and have a great week and stay out of the gaze of the emperor. Goodbye. Damn it, Chris. No. <laughs>